and welcome back everyone today is friday december 10th we have a great episode for you all we're going to start off with best of the internet and then roll right into a preview of week 14 of the nfl not going to keep you too long for this one let's go Welcome back, everyone. We are going to start off with best of the internet. You know it. You love it. This week, after the previous episode, where I was not very prepared, I over-prepared, so I have four different articles for you guys. Actually, really, it's like two articles and then two just kind of topics I wanted to speak about, but all internet-related, of course. So we're going to start off with the Drake and Kanye West concert that happened yesterday on Thursday. This was a big deal. It was kind of squashed the feud between them that had been uh, occurring in the lead up to their respective albums. So it was pretty interesting. What I found a little bit strange, however, was that it was kind of um, billed as a free Larry Hoover benefit concert. And for those of you who don't know, Larry Hoover is currently serving multiple life sentences at ADX Florence which is uh, a very kind of psychologically um, oppressive prison. And he's held in solitary confinement for 23 hours a day, which is pretty crazy. Although to be fair, this is not, I think, and I could totally be wrong on this, this is not a case where people are arguing that he is innocent of the crimes. I think everyone kind of knows he was convicted of running a gang and murder or whatever. And I think that everyone kind of knows that he did it. It's more just about the psychological aspect of being held in soundtrack confinement for 23 hours a day every single day is pretty wild. But the whole point of concert was ostensibly as like a free Larry Hoover thing, except that Larry Hoover's name was never actually mentioned in the concert. The only time it ever was heard was before the show by some woman off screen kind of talking to the crowd, so not actually Kanye or Drake. And this could have come because the... The Hoover family and Hoover's son specifically said that they were all concerned that the concert actually was going to hurt Hoover's chances for a governmental pardon because of kind of the way the concert was set up and how they were selling this like Balenciaga, very expensive merch that said Free Larry Hoover on it. It was kind of a weird vibe to the whole thing. And I appreciate what Kanye and Drake were trying to do with it. But it seems like the family of Larry Hoover was not fully behind this concert. And even the concert itself was much more of like a normal concert as opposed to being about freeing this man. So I thought that whole thing was just a weird, a weird thing. And then also just as a separate put, Twitter was kind of roasting Drake because he was only playing his new music from uh, Sort of a Lover Boy. And I think people would have preferred some of his old classics. Although Kanye actually was playing some of his old classics, which is surprising given how he has moved away from kind of using curse words in his newer songs. He was going back and playing the uh, the old hits from before he kind of changed to more religious music. Uh, where did this concert take place? I don't... I think it was LA, actually. I know Stable Center, but it was on Amazon Prime, It was on I Amazon believe. Prime. They, they recorded it live on Amazon Prime. 
yeah, it was like the whole point of it was that it was going to be a live benefit concert so that people went, but also people were watching. I'm confused. If he's guilty and people know he's guilty, why do they think they're going to free him? Um, again, I'm not, I, I did not do a ton of research into this individual's case. I think it was, I, I think it's less about. Like they want to send um, him to like a normal prison or they just want to free him totally? Unclear, unclear. I mean, he's been in jail for almost 50, 50 years now. So it could just be like a he served his time kind of thing. Um, I think it was my my point was less about that um, and more just about how it wasn't your typical kind of benefit concert. It was more just like a normal concert where they also were selling free Larry Hoover merch. And I don't even know where that money goes. I certainly hope that it would go to his family and not to Drake and Kanye. But wait, but the concert there was people in person, right? It wasn't just a video talk. Yeah, I, yes, it was. There were definitely people in person. All right. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. So my next story is not really a, an internet story per se, but have you seen or heard of the new Beatles documentary on Disney Plus? I have not actually. No. Care to elaborate? Yeah. So it's this new Beatles documentary that dropped on Disney Plus a couple weeks ago that I actually hadn't really seen or heard that much of, but I recently watched the first episode and it's pretty fantastic actually. It's um, eight hours long. There are three episodes, so each episode is like two and a little bit hours, two and a half, and then it kind of adds up to eight, well, more than two and a half, some of them. And it kind of chronicles the final days before the release of their final album together. And it, it was directed by Peter Jackson, who did, very famous director, he did um, Lord of the Rings, or sorry, he did The Hobbit and a lot of other movies, very famous. Um, and... They used this footage from a movie that was shot back when the when the album was actually being released for the first time, and it's this incredible look into the Beatles because what you hear about that time period and that band's kind of trajectory is that that was when there were financial issues. That was when Yoko Ono was coming in, and some people kind of blame her for the band breaking up, which I don't. I, I never really bought that. That just felt kind of sexist to me, honestly. But people kind of always discussed that era as being very contentious where they weren't really actually friends anymore. It was just, we have, we have to do this album. We have to put it together. We have to get it out and then we can break up. When really looking at the documentary, there was still that kind of camaraderie that was there from the beginning. And it was just these unfortunate circumstances and different people who were kind of trying to sink their talent into the Beatles and, and make money on their own. And actually, it's very sad how... They ended up not staying together, and obviously with the murder of John Lennon, how they never ended up being able to do kind of a reunion concert after they had all kind of mellowed with each other. So I certainly recommend that everyone watch the documentary, especially you, Sammy, but just anyone listening. It's, it's a pretty great, pretty great picture. Does this documentary, is it all real footage, or is there fake actors pretending to be the, the actual Beatles? It's all real footage and, like, interviews. It's all real footage. How do they have eight hours of real footage of that? That seems like a lot. I don't know. It's, it's just, it's, I have no idea. Ask Peter Jackson. I, interesting. I can't say I'm, I've never really been a huge fan of the Beatles. I can't say much about them, but maybe I will watch this documentary and get educated. You absolutely should. Okay, Sammy. All right, my up story. now. Before we begin my segment, I'd like to congratulate Chris on managing to wake up at 10 a.m. this morning. It was quite a struggle to get him out of bed this morning. Chris, want to talk about what you did last night and the dedication you showed to be here this morning? 
yeah, I actually wasn't going to even mention this because, you know, the podcast is just, I view it as a job, so I just got to get up for the job, but I got home very late last night. I didn't get a lot of sleep. Sammy is golfing later because he's living in Florida not, like, doing anything with his life, whatever, Um, and then couldn't do tonight because he's going to hang out with his girlfriend, very lame, Um, so I got up super early. I'm committed to the podcast, and I'm probably going to nap after this. I'd like to clarify that uh, usually we do the podcast in the morning. So I booked my uh, golf lesson around uh, the podcast at 12 p.m., assuming that we could wake up at around 10. Uh, Chris, when I told him to wake up at 10, there was a lot of complaining. Uh, And this makes me think, how much is Chris going to struggle at college when he actually has to wake up early every morning for classes? Because it seems like he's incapable of waking up early right now. But I'm proud of him for getting up. I hope you enjoyed the concert last night. If you think I'm scheduling anything before 10 o'clock in college, you're out of your mind. I think the first year you're not going to have a choice and you're going to have to have early classes. I don't think that's true. I think you can always kind of figure out ways to make it not early. Okay, we'll see how that goes. Good luck with that. All right, I'm going to get into my first segment of the day here. This is the most... I've done a few ridiculous Best Internet segments and funny ones, but this might be the most ridiculous one yet. Uh, Let me just read. It's obviously a Daily Mail article, but this was all over the news. This wasn't just a Daily Mail article. All right, here's the title. More than 40 camels are disqualified from $65 million Saudi beauty pageant after dozens of animals were given Botox, facelifts, and muscle-boosting hormones. Uh, So just to clarify what I just read there, uh, camels in... Saudi Arabia were given Botox, facelifts, and muscle-boosting hormones in order to compete in a Saudi beauty pageant. And, and Other, how much money did you say was at stake here? $65 million. Okay. So there's, sure a f- that right. there's a few things to unpack here. Uh, apparently, this is a big deal, okay? Apparently, in Saudi Arabia, they take camels and camel beauty contests very, very seriously. Uh, this is a yearly tradition, and a lot of money is at stake, and people, I, I don't really know that much detail about it, but from what I read, I assume it's just like a, like they just like walk the camels around, and like there's judges, and people judge the camels, and the most beautiful camels get the most money, and obviously there's a million dollars for the winning camels here. Uh, this is held in a desert outside Riyadh, I think it's pronounced, I'm not too sure. Uh, apparently this has happened a lot in the past, but this year they really cracked down upon it. Uh, so the cheaters would use like procedures to improve the shape of the camel's heads, necks, and humps. And apparently one of the things that the judges love and give really good scores to is the camel's lips are more like pronounced. So they like when camels have lips that are larger. So people used Botox and lip filler to make these camels' lips larger. Uh, obviously you're not allowed to use any procedures like this but it's a camel so i don't think people would really expect it i never expected it reading this uh let me just keep reading this article uh one second yeah so dozens of breeders had stretched out the lips and noses of camels used hormones to boost the beast's muscles injected camels heads and lips with botox to make them bigger inflated body parts with rubber bands and used fillers to relax their faces so this is like, I don't know how they did this. I don't know if they brought him into like a beauty salon. I don't know if it's illegal illegal trafficking of beauty products they're using here. Because it's hard to believe that they would get approval from anybody to use these products on camels. Uh, 
But this also raises a couple other questions. It is not, as you can imagine, these procedures are not very good for the camels. Uh, there's been many instances where like, the camel's lips have just totally fallen off and ripped off by the Botox, and there's pictures of it. So not only is this cheating, it's also bad for the animals. Uh, and I don't know, when just reading this, I was just thinking, like, I think they have too much money over there, if this is what they're uh, spending all their money on, millions and millions of dollars on camels and camel beauty products. Because uh, apparently hundreds of thousands of Saudis attend the Royal Camel Festival. It's not just a beauty pageant. Uh, it also includes races, uh, sales, and other festivities where they celebrate the camels. Uh, and there's a permanent venue. It's actually a permanent venue in the desert where they host this every year. I'm not sure there's much else I can say about this. Uh, I, I don't really know what to say, Chris. I, I feel bad for the animals. And I, I, obviously the people care a little too much about this event if they're injecting Botox into camels. Do you have anything to say about this? Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Clearly, I mean, I don't know. Do they care too much about it if it's a million dollars? But I, I don't know why it's why is it $65 million for Yeah, camel that's what I'm pageant? confused about. Why is, it, why is it so much money to the winners of this camel beauty pageant? I don't know. I mean, because obviously in the U.S. we have the... Um, dog show the westminster dog kennel show thing after thanksgiving that they always show right or after the the macy's day parade on thanksgiving yeah i don't i don't think the prize money in that is anywhere close to 65 million dollars well i guess it's actually a fair comparison there do you think camels in saudi arabia are treated the same way as dogs in america because if that's true then maybe you can see it but in terms of them being pets like are camels pets? I don't understand. What's I don't. Going I don't on think here. so. I think they're used practically as like a mode of transport. I don't think that many people in Saudi Arabia are just using camels to walk around the street. No, certainly not. Certainly not. I just mean like, and this probably more is actually a, a tourist thing than anything. You else. mean like a horse? Like it's used like a horse is used here. Yeah, exactly. So like not not so not actually used practically anymore. But yeah, like if you want to go to the desert. And like you have some tourists, you'd be like, "Hey, let's do a camel ride." I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, well, like, I, I think similar to horses, where nowadays horses are less practical, and instead are more like it's dope to have horses, and you can like ride them around places. Yeah, I mean, just to end this article, I hope that this a crackdown makes people not use Botox in the future, just for the health of the animals, and also so we can judge the camels based off their natural beauty here. Yeah, I've never so, actually. I don't think I ever seen a wild camel or i don't even know if i've seen a camel in person maybe at the bronx zoo once or something like that but i've never really seen a camel but they are quite majestic animals clearly they are very very treasured in saudi arabia but hopefully this does not go on and hopefully next year all the camels are natural and they're not hurt with this stupid beauty procedures and that's all i have to say about that article yeah i completely agree my next article is coming out of the great country of new zealand in New Zealand, Sammy, they just effectively banned cigarettes for anyone under the age of 14. I saw that. But, yeah, you see us. So, instead of it just being, like, 14-year-olds can't get it, every single year, the ban is going to move up by a year, So right? So, next year, anyone under 15 can't have the cigarettes, and then 16, 17, 18. So, basically, what that means is that anyone under 14 right now will never, in their lives, be able to legally purchase cigarettes. And obviously anyone like 13, 12, 11, whatever, they also will never be able to legally purchase cigarettes. So that I think is actually pretty interesting. It's a good solution where 
people who are adults and might already be kind of addicted to cigarettes are still able to kind of fuel their addiction in a way. Like it's not like there's being banned and people have to go cold turkey because that's not healthy. Although obviously everyone should do their best to quit cigarettes if they are addicted. But it's pretty dope that now it seems like effectively all children will never be able to legally smoke a cigarette. And obviously people are still going to find ways to purchase them illegally. However, 70 years from now, right, when it's almost impossible, like there's no age group that can buy cigarettes anymore, basically. There's going to be, there aren't going to be any left in New Zealand, right? Because no one's going to be able to purchase them legally. So there's not going to be any reason to even have them there in the first place. So yeah, obviously people are still going to get cigarettes, some people, but it's obviously, it's going to be a lot more difficult. And that's, I, I think, a very good thing given the very obvious and apparent health risks of smoking cigarettes. I have a couple questions related to this one. Uh, does this, this might be a dumb question, but this doesn't mean that 15-year-olds are not legally allowed to buy cigarettes, right? I, I would assume not. I don't know what the current, um, what the current rules are. I mean, the U.S. is 18, right? So I would assume it's something similar to that. Um, I think it's just more, it's like... It's actually no. 21 now. Really? Yeah, it's 21. Okay. I mean, I've never attempted to purchase cigarettes, so I wouldn't know anything about that. I'm just I'm just thinking, like, it, it just seems like one of those things where it's a good intention, but if people actually want to get cigarettes, they're still going to be able to get them pretty easily, even if they were born after that year. That is true, except that I think there's some of, like, the societal kind of expectations. Like, just walking around New York City when, when we were kids, you saw people smoking everywhere, right? And I think that kind of normalized it a little bit in a way that over time will kind of vanish in New Zealand when there are fewer and fewer cigarettes. Because, yeah, certainly some people are willing to illegally purchase them. But a lot of people who might have tried cigarettes aren't willing to break the law to do it, right? So they will not purchase cigarettes. That means fewer cigarettes kind of in circulation in New Zealand. And then over time, that'll kind of go down. And, yes, there are always going to be people who are willing to illegally purchase cigarettes. I'm not saying that they're ever going to be completely eradicated in New Zealand, but I do think that certainly over time, the population of users will lower. And then that's almost like a a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way where as there are fewer and fewer cigarettes, fewer and fewer people are going to have access to them. They're going to, fewer people are going to see them being smoked on the street. And that'll just eventually lead to a world where, there aren't no cigarettes, but there are, are very, very few cigarettes. Yeah, no doubt. This is a good idea for New Zealand, but just at the top of my head, I'm thinking this probably would not go across well in our country. Honestly, I mean, yeah, like cigarette companies wouldn't like that, of course. But I, I do think there'd be bipartisan support for banning cigarettes everyone under the age of 12 and moving up. I don't know. It's never going to happen because of special interest groups, but I do think that people could get behind that. No, it's actually a good idea. If, if every country did this, like you'd think in like 75 years, there'd be no more cigarettes. Yeah, which would be great. I mean, yeah, it's just like for something like that where the health risks are so clearly spelled out and even the US now, like they have to be labeled on the boxes, like high risk of lung cancer or whatever. Something like that where it just, there's there's literally no benefit to it whatsoever. 
yeah, like I think it'd be a good thing if it was banned. But wait, but I, I think actually I saw this post, and when I saw this post, I thought it said it was all tobacco products. So does this apply just for cigarettes or also for like vapes, cigars, everything? Ooh, I I assumed it was just. Um, I actually thought it was all tobacco. I mean, products. I, I assume the cigarettes and cigars kind of be lumped in together. No, but I actually thought it was like all tobacco products. So even vapes will be banned too, which I think that's the more important thing now. Mm, I think it's just cigarettes. It is. I don't know. I was hoping that would be cigarettes and vapes and everything, because that would make the most sense for young kids. But it just says they will, they will never be able to legally buy tobacco. They just use tobacco. But this one, yeah, tobacco. I think that means everything. Says, all like, t- tobacco. I don't know. But yeah, I mean that's obviously a good idea. If I mean if all countries did that, I mean it would also obviously eliminate the issue eventually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully that'll happen. Okay, let's just move on from that. That was the, I don't know why that's a lot. That was like a ten minute segment on that. You you kept engaging with it, Sammy. Wow, well, I'm sorry for engaging in your article. All right, I have one more. Uh, this one's quite interesting. This one is titled. Actually, let me just tell you the story. So, there was this man in a, a Maryland home just outside of Washington D.C., about 25 miles outside of Washington D.C., and he had actually a big snake problem. A big snake problem in his house. He had snakes crawling around his walls and everything. And obviously this is kind of scary. You don't want snakes crawling around your house. So, uh, actually, I didn't know this, but one way to get rid of snakes is to, like, smoke, like, put smoke into them. Like, start, like, a little fire or, like, blow smoke. Apparently snakes hate smoke. So if you, like, smoke them out of the house, you can actually, like, get them all out of your house by putting smoke around them. So I didn't know that. Uh, So this guy tried to use smoke to get the snakes out of his house, because apparently it's a very effective method. It does raise a few questions. Are you going to light something else on fire? Is this really that safe? But this article answers our questions. Apparently, no, it is not safe at all, because in the attempt to get rid of the snakes out of his house by using smoke, this man managed to burn his whole house down. So his hard-earned house that he lived in for years, he burnt down in, in hours, just because he tried to get rid of the snakes. And you can see the picture. This isn't just like the house was a little burnt down. Like the house is totally flatlined and on the ground and there's no more structure. So you obviously feel bad for him. I assume he got rid of the snakes. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like this should be a lesson to people. Snake infestations, this is probably not the most effective way to do it. It might work in getting the snakes out, but clearly it brings other risks in here. So poor guy's house now burnt down, but there are no more snakes anymore. So that's one positive, I guess. Yeah, that is certainly a positive that he has no more snakes in his house. Although he also has no house. No more house. Yeah, that's certainly a bummer for him. Uh, I don't know. I hope that he has family members that he can stay with for a little bit. Hopefully he has enough money to get a new place. But that's that's a real bummer. Um, Apparently it was a $1 million mistake and he'll be rebuilding a house on the same property. Okay. Well, I guess it seems like at least he's able to rebuild the house. Yes. Uh, this, this is kind of a depressing one, Sammy. I feel like usually we go for the happier uh, best internets. That wasn't that depressing. I mean, he's fine. He's alive. Nobody got nobody got killed. Nobody's hurt. So, I mean, I don't know. As long as nobody's got injured, I feel like it's not that depressing. All right. Fair, fair. The final best the internet for this week actually relates to Thursday Night Football, which happened last night. Did you watch this game, Sammy? Uh, I watched the last drive when I got home. Yeah, so then you'll have seen this as well. Uh, with like 36 seconds left. Chase Claypool? 
Yep, Pittsburgh Steelers receiver Chase Claypool got a critical first down, but the clock was running, right? The Steelers had no timeouts left. So instead of, you know, getting tackled, grabbing the ball, running back to the line of scrimmage, putting it down, you know, doing a quick spike, he starts, like, celebrating on the field, doing a little dance, just chilling, whatever. And then when an offensive lineman comes over to take the ball from him and, like, yell at him to get back in line, he gets upset with that. And all in all, this probably ran off six or seven seconds from the clock, which might not sound like a lot, but first of all, it was like 36 seconds left, so that's one-sixth of the time left. And also, that's more than enough time to run another additional play. And the and the Steelers were actually, they were driving down the field, down by eight, so they need a touchdown, right? Not, not a field goal, they need a touchdown to tie the game. And they were not able to do it. They were down, they were down 28-0, I think, and then made this huge comeback. And who knows if they would have scored a touchdown had Claypool not done this stupid little dance. But it's just a a really terrible look for him. He already is kind of known as one of the more kind of diva-ish players. He'd been benched earlier in the game um, for a personal foul. A couple weeks ago, he kind of complained about there not being music in practice. I don't know. He seems like a kind of a, a, uh, I don't know, very fancy player. You know what I mean? Like he likes to look good on the field, whatever. And it kind of cost his team in this particular instance. He's part of the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers TikTok group. He is, yeah. That would be uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, as well as Chase Claypool. Obviously, Juju was kind of known. Was that last season for Dancing on the Logos? That was last season, yes. Yeah, doing the TikTok dances on the team's logos. And when the te- when the Steelers lost in the playoffs, uh, the opposing team did his TikTok dances in their locker room after the game, which is a pretty... Pretty savage move, given the circumstances. Yeah, I watched that. It was stupid. I, I'm going to say I don't think that play cost them the game. I don't think they were going to win the game if he had saved those five seconds. But still, you never know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, maybe not. But who knows, right? That's that's one more play. That's one more shot to the end zone. And even if they don't, even if that had not won the game, just from a football standpoint, just a boneheaded move, surely Mike Tomlin is not going to be happy with him today and you know next week when the game happens uh i think we do have to give him credit where it's due though i think he did have a pretty good game overall last night so i'm just gonna put that out there yeah i don't even know i I used to speak so like i don't even know how well he did in the game because this one incident was kind of the only thing that i took away from the whole thing fair enough exactly this goes to show that no matter how well you play if you make a stupid mistake at the end of the game people will remember you for that yep all righty that was best the internet We'll be right back after this quick break with our Week 14 NFL preview. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to our final segment of the day. That best the internet lasted a little longer than I would have thought. That was a good 25 minutes already. Uh, But now we're going to get into our football segment. We'll try to make it quick. But before we talk about the picks, this is a sad note to start the segment on. But Chris, did you see the Demarius Thomas news? I did. That was... Very tragic news last night. Obviously, a very that was very young tragic. Player. He was one. He was one of my favorite players growing up. Actually, he's a close to Hall of Famer, almost ten thousand receiving yards. And I think people are never going to forget that playoff win with Tim Tebow versus the Steelers with the eighty-yard reception touchdown to win the game. And he was one of the best receivers of his generation. He was up there with in his prime with Calvin Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and this is really sad to see. He did pass away last night. His cousin says he had a seizure in the shower, and he died after the seizure. 
People don't know if it was related to CTE, but he did have a bad car crash in 2019 that left him damaged, so people are blaming that. But no matter how it occurred, this is just horrible news and prayers to his family because he was one of my favorite players growing up, so that was very sad to see this morning. And hopefully we lose no more people like that because this is tragic news. Yeah, definitely. I feel the exact same way. Um, he was on the Patriots for a little bit after his Broncos stint, and he wasn't very good for us, but I always just loved the way that he worked on his craft, just how the kind of energy and joy that he brought to the team every day. So yeah, certainly will be missed. Yeah, let's change the tone though. Just wanted to mention that because that was pretty big football news this morning. Now we're going to get into our week 14 preview. This includes our betting picks for the week. And as you can remember last week, uh, it was an interesting week of betting picks. Chris did win the Patriots game. I'll give him credit for that. So he went one for three, so that's not great. I went two for three, which is okay. So overall, we went three for six, which I don't think is very good. Except that that podcast never came out, so the picks. So we never really count. went three for yeah. six. We're still zero for zero, which means we're at hundred percent. Also, I would have put way more money on the Patriots than any of my other picks, so I still would have made money. And I think this week we're actually going to put money on the games. We'll talk about that later, Chris. Yeah. But this week there's money at stake, so. We have some picks here. I feel like we're going to... Let's just mention the games we're going to place our bets on or pick, and then we'll talk about that game more if we want to. Uh, Chris, you said you had six picks for the week. I have four. I assume we'll overlap some of them. Chris, would you like to start us off here? Yeah, sure. My first pick is Browns minus three versus the Ravens. I have a question. Are these? Are we going to call these locks? Um... I- I'll, I will call. Yes. I will call one of my picks my lock, and the rest of them will just be picks. Fair enough. So this is not a lock. This is a pick. All right. Fair enough. Yes. So explain why you think. Just to clarify, I'm going to take the Ravens plus two point five in this game. So we're going to uh, disagree on the first pick of the day, but you can explain yours first. Go ahead. Yeah. Um. Just in my mind, first of all, the Browns are home, so that obviously matters the crowd in their favor i think that the ravens have been absolutely ravaged by injuries they've had their three or four best running backs all get injured this season they have no cornerbacks left marlon humphrey out for the season i mean john harbaugh talked about that um in their in his reasoning for going for two last week he said they don't have any cornerbacks left and they didn't think they could win the game in overtime so i think that problem is not going to have changed from last week to this week i think their defense is incredibly compromised i think the browns uh specifically nick chubb and kareem hunt can just run all over them and i just i think that the browns get up by seven ten points game over because they can control the clock they can methodically drive down the field i don't trust baker if they're trying to mount a comeback in the fourth quarter but i do trust baker as a game manager and on terms of the Ravens offense Lamar obviously a very good quarterback however their running game is almost non-existent I'd put them down there with like the Bills and the Rams in terms of the worst running back cores in the entire NFL and teams have realized this it started off with the Miami Dolphins on a Thursday night game a couple weeks ago where Brian Flores just started blitzing the heck out of the Ravens and Lamar and they had no running game or play action to kind of deal with that. And so when you're forcing Lamar to make quick throws, quick decisions, that is his weakness, right? He's the best when he's rolling out of the pocket, 
moving in space, able to use his incredible speed and athleticism. But when he's just supposed to sit in there and absorb pressure and make a pinpoint throw, that's just not where his skill lies. So I'm very confident in the Browns minus three in this game. I mean, I am so confident I'm considering making this one of my locks of the week. I totally disagree with Chris on this one in many ways. Let's just, he's making the Browns sound like they're a good team. Let's just go back and look at the Browns' last game starting October 17th. Lost 37-14 to the Cardinals. Barely beat the Broncos by three points. Lost to the Steelers by five. Then they had a good game against the Bengals. I give them credit for that. But then they lost to the Patriots 45-7. to They barely beat the Lions by three points in a 13-10 to game. And then they lost to the Ravens 16-10. to Now they have a bye week, and then this week they're playing the Ravens again. I'm so confident the Ravens are going to... I'm not going to say the Ravens are going to win this game, but I think the Ravens plus 2.5 is an incredible value here. Can we keep in mind the last time these two teams played, which was like a week ago... The Ravens won 16-10, and Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions. If Lamar Jackson played well that game, and if the Ravens played well that game, they would have won that game 45-10. This game, Lamar is going to remember the four picks. He's going to play better. And I think I don't even think it's going to be close. The problem with the Browns is just play the run, stop the run. Baker Mayfield I have no faith in. And I just don't think the Browns' defense is very good. I think Lamar Jackson's going to run all over them. You can mention injuries all you want. But they have Lamar Jackson. That's all I need to think they're going to win this game. I think the Browns have been unimpressive this year at best, besides a game or two here. The Ravens, yes, they've struggled here and there, but I still think of them as playoff contenders this year. I don't think the fact that this game is in Cleveland will affect much of the outcome. I just think the Ravens are a better team. Baker Mayfield has proved that he's not very good this year, and I think this game will be a 15-point beating by the Ravens. Final score prediction, 35-21. to 21. That is a crazy final score prediction, given that last week the Ravens scored 19 points. The, the week before, they scored 16 points. The week before that, they scored 16 points against the Bears. I can say the same right? thing about the, the Browns. They scored 10, 13, the that, the 7. Ten points. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout either way. I think it's going to be a very close game that the Browns win late. Fine. Even in a close game, I think the Ravens will cover the spread easily and probably win it. Okay. I mean, that's why that's why they play the game. Okay, first pick of the day. Chris, I totally disagree. We'll remember this one on Monday when we talk about this. I'm taking Ravens plus 2.5. He's taking Browns minus 2.5. Uh, next one. Yeah, my next one is the Cowboys minus four and a half versus the Washington football team. I agree. I have the same pick here. I'm taking the lock of the week on that one. Yeah, I think I am too. I just I don't believe in the Washington football team. I think that they've gotten lucky. I hate to use that word. I think they've gotten lucky the past few weeks. I would say I appreciate what Coach Ron Rivera is doing there. I think he's a great coach. But I think that the line right here is affected by the Cowboys' recent struggles. I just don't see that continuing. They have too much talent on offense to be held down forever. And I just I see this as the week where they finally kind of snap out of it. And I do expect them to win by two touchdowns against the Washington football team. I totally agree. I think this is pretty easy going to cover the spread here. Washington football team, they're a good team. I'm just going to leave them at good. They have their moments. Taylor Heineke's not bad, but in no way do I see them keeping up with the Cowboys here. Uh, Cowboys have struggled to run the ball. I'm going to admit that. Zeke has not looked very good the last few weeks, but they do get Amari Cooper back. CeeDee Lamb's fully healthy. Dak's healthy. Zeke should be healthy for this game, we hope. Uh, 
Tony Pollard's questionable, but I think he's going to play. And you know how explosive he is. And there's so many weapons on offense. Cowboys' defense is actually very good, too, I think. Micah Parsons is playing well. Trayvon Diggs is playing well. So I, I think minus 4.5 is a pretty easy bet here. Uh, is this game in Dallas or Washington? It's in Washington. Okay, I don't really think that affects my decision at all. It's uh, going to be a lot of Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans travel pretty well. There are a lot. Like, Cowboys fans, it's kind of a joke about how many of them there are across the country. It's kind of like Yankees fans. So I, I, I think it's probably less of an issue in this one than the Browns game. I agree. So we're both taking Cowboys minus 4.5 here. Uh, that's my lock of the week. I, I don't see the cheat. I don't, oh, my God. I don't see the uh, Washington football team keeping it very close here. I think the Cowboys will get out to an early lead and just keep it going throughout the game. All yes, right. I agree. Keep going. Give me the next one. My next one is the Falcons versus the Panthers. and I saw this game, and I was just so disgusted. Yeah, so I, I, I'm trying to decide between taking the Falcons plus 2.5 or just taking them the money line at plus 120. It just it's it's strange to me how a Panthers team that fired their offensive coordinator on the Sunday of a bye week, like just weird timing to fire someone halfway through your bye week, and then with no McCaffrey and Cam Newton as a starting quarterback, I just don't know how they are favored against any team in the league other than like the Lions, maybe, or the Texans, whatever. So I just I think the Falcons win this game, Sammy. I'm just not sure if I want to take the points and kind of hedge a little bit or just take a money line. This is a game I didn't want to include because it's just such a a yo. Like, you have no idea what's going to happen in this game. I think if Cam Newton plays well, the Panthers actually win this game pretty nicely. But can Yeah, they, but will Cam Newton play that's well? Like, I no, don't know. He's that's terrible. That's why I'm not putting anything on this game because I just don't feel comfortable. I mean, I do think Chubba Hubba... That's my guy, Chuba Hubba. Chuba Hubbard, I think is his name, actually. He's starting in place of Christian McCaffrey. He's pretty good. He's had some good moments. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. So I think the running game will be, uh, won't be will be that hurt here. I just think this the, the X factor in this game is does Cam Newton play well or does he throw up another clunker? If he plays well, I think they'll win this game. But yet again, the Falcons actually looked pretty good last week against the Buccaneers. So I, I tend to agree with you on this. All things considered, I think the Falcons... I'm leaning towards, but I'm not going to put anything on this game because I'm scared by the Cam Newton situation. I'm going to be taking the Falcons plus 120, I think I've decided. Okay, please write this all down. This all has to be written down. I have it all down. I have it all down. All right. I'm not going to touch that game. Next. Uh, Next one is I have the Bengals plus two versus the 49ers. Where's this game? This game is in... Cincinnati. Okay, I'm not going to take this game too, because just because you said it, so I'm not going to copy you. But just because you said it, now I'm thinking about it. I, I do like this pick. I think the Bengals will win this game for a lot of reasons. One, Debo Samuel, we talked about this last week. He I, He's questionable, gimpy, might play, might not play. Even if he plays, I don't think they'll give him a full workload. That'll hurt them. Elijah Mitchell questionable, injured, Jeff Wilson injured, some guy named Jamal McHasty might be the starting running back. So on offense, these 49ers are weak. So I agree. I think this is a good Bengals pick. Yeah, I just, I love home underdogs that are competent teams, right? Like not not the Lions as a home underdog, but when it's a good team, it's a home underdog. I just, I love getting points in those games. I think this this is affected by kind of the Bengals being blown out by the Chargers last week a little bit. But just digging into that game a little bit more, 
they were down 24-0, right? Yeah, the, the game was brought it all the way back to 24-22. And then uh, the Chargers had a swoop and score, 61-yard touchdown, another touchdown, and a field goal, right? So it ended up not being close, but I walked away very impressed with the Bengals. They fought all the way back, and if you didn't have this kind of random fumble touchdown, and also there was that Jamar chase where he basically had a, a 80-yard touchdown and just bobbled the ball and gave it back to the Chargers on an interception. So if that, I mean, that's a 14-point swing right there, right? Because if, if he catches it, he just scores a touchdown. So I, I think that it was not that there were any, like, really fluky games. Chargers played pretty well in this one. But I think that was a fluky game. I think that the Bengals played far better than the score suggests. And I don't know. I just, I think the 49ers, obviously no Debo, like Sammy said. And I just see the Bengals winning this game, at the very least keeping it close. And I, I don't know why, I don't know why I'm getting points, right? I think it should be a pick em, And I think getting two points is bonus. So that's why I'm picking the Bengals here. I agree with you. I'll... I want to add this game. I'm not going to. I'll let you keep this game, but I do agree with that pick. All right, let me give you one here. I This one I'm scared about, but I'm going to include it just because of what I think. Raiders plus 8.5 versus the Chiefs. I know this game's an arrowhead. I know this one might be a loss of a pick, but I don't know. 8.5 points for the Raiders. It just seems like a lot. And I don't think the Raiders will win this game, but I think they have a pretty good chance of keeping this one under 8.5. I don't know. The Chiefs, they struggle from time to time. The Raiders, I think, are motivated in this game. They need to win this game for the division. Even if they don't win, I think they keep it close. I don't know. Have they been... I haven't really been watching them recently. I don't know how they've looked, but this just seems like a lot of points for the Raiders when they're actually not that bad of a team. So I'm going to take a shot here. I'm going to take Raiders plus 8.5. I saw Chris shaking his head, so I know he disagrees with me on this one. It's not that I disagree per se. Like, if I had to bet on this game, I'd also pick the Raiders plus 8.5. I just personally, A, I don't like betting on games this high of a spread because it's too fluky in terms of, like, a garbage on touchdown or whatever. I just I don't like that. And B, I just don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chiefs obviously have struggled recently. I think they're kind of back. I think they're a very good team again. As a Patriots fan, they are the team I fear the most in the AFC right now. And I just I just don't want to bet on them or against them. So I'm gonna stay away. The Raiders are so good when they're good, but then they throw up some fluke games and they're terrible. So I don't know. This one scares me. I'm not putting this one as a lock at all. This one's a little shaky, but I just think overall the Raiders, I'm hoping can keep it within 8.5 and I'll put this one down as one of my four. Okay. My next pick is the Bucks minus three versus the Bills. <laughs> Thoughts? I don't know. I just, the Bills, I just have hope that the Bills are going to be a good team. Where, where's this game in? It's in Tampa Bay. I just I think the Bills are fraudulent. They lost to the Jaguars. <laughs> I think that they're just not good. I think I think that the way they handled the Patriots loss is very telling, right? Like did you see those two defensive players getting all mad after the game? That the video of them getting upset with the question the reporter asked them? I didn't see that, no. Yeah, like a reporter asked them a question about about how they just got run on the entire night and they acted all angry or whatever and then sean mcdermott was like let's not give belichick too much credit here whatever whatever i don't know it just felt like a lot of like excuse making and 
and some kind of crybaby activities. I mean, it is kind of embarrassing for them, right? Like, they, at home, they just got absolutely run over. The Patriots were more physical. They were just tougher. They were stronger. They were, they threw three passes in that game, the Patriots did, and they still won. Like, that is that is crazy that they were able to win that game with Mac Jones going two for three for, like, 16 yards. So I think that the team is not as good as I thought they were. Josh Allen, very good. The running backs are really bad. The defense, a little bit soft, right? And I just think the Bucks are a better team. Tom Brady's owned the Bills for the past, like, 25 years. I think he's something like 35 and 3 against them all time. And I just don't see that changing tonight. I think the, I think, or not tonight, on uh, Sunday. And I think Tom Brady wins this game by a, a large amount. So Bucks I'll minus agree, three is the pick. I'll agree with you on this one. The only reason I'm not adding this one to my sheet is I just feel like when the Bills are, are good and they play well, they're very, very good. And if the Bills play well, I know they're very capable of winning this game. The recent form, I agree with you. But you never know. They turn it around. They play very well. They have a good chance of winning this game. The Bucks are definitely not unbeatable. They're a good team, but they're not the best team, I don't think. So I'll agree with you on the pick, but I'm going to stay away from it just because I know the, how dangerous the Bills can be if they play well. That's all I have to That's say fair. about that. Uh, I'll give fair. my last pick. Uh, this one, these I don't like this one either. My Cowboys and Ravens pick, I'm very comfortable on those, but the Raiders in this pick I don't love. I'm just doing them because I think... I think I have a chance there. The Rams plus 2.5 versus the Cardinals. I'm going to take this one because I think the Rams, after their big win last week, obviously they had three straight losses, but they had a big win last week. I think they're trending upwards. I think now they're going to start making their move to their Super Bowl run. Last time they lost the Cardinals. I, th- I think they lost the Cardinals last time, so I think they'll be very motivated this time. They need to win this game. And the Cardinals, I think, are a – I'm not going to say a fluke of a team, but I don't think they're actually Super Bowl contenders here. I think the Rams will play hard, they'll play physical, and they're going to win this game. I'm going to say that I'll take the 2.5, but I, I do think the Rams will win this game overall. This is perfect. I'm taking the Cardinals minus 2.5 in my final pick. I think that the Rams, good for them. They beat up the terrible Jaguars last week. That means absolutely nothing to me. I think the Cardinals, the whole season, have been treated as this kind of second-tier contender. I think that's over. I think they're one of the best teams in the league, if not the best. And I don't know. I, I think the Cardinals are, are not that good. I think they have no running game. Cooper you just Cup said the Cardinals their, are not that good. Sorry, the, Ram, the Rams are not that good. Stafford's banged up. Cooper Cup is their one kind of above-average skill position player. It's just such a bad statement that was. What? What do you mean Cooper Cup's are one above-average skill player? Come on now. Okay, Matthew Stafford has played... Stafford's skill, skill cr- position. So, like, like wide receivers, running backs. Oh, they have Odell as their wide receiver, too. Okay. Daryl yeah. Henderson. Please, if, let Odell try and beat the Cardinals. Please. He Darryl has not done Henderson, anything in six years. Daryl Henderson's a great running back, I think. Their defense. Stop. Stop. Their what defense, are you talking about? Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. No, I disagree with you. They had three bad weeks, but now after beating up the Jaguars, they're, like, going upwards. They're feeling good. So... Just to clarify, the two games we're going against each other are the Ravens-Browns game and the Rams-Cardinals game. I'm taking the Ravens and Rams. You're taking the Browns and the Cardinals. Yep. Uh, we agree on the Cowboys game. I'm taking the Raiders versus the Chiefs. I don't know why. You're taking the Bengals and the Bucks And the Falcons. And those are in the Falcons. Yep. I'm not feeling 
great about this one right now, but you never know. That's the point of this. I, I like my Ravens pick. I like my Cowboys pick. I do like my Rams pick, Raiders pick, I don't know. But we'll take those four games, and we'll hope for the best. I kind of want to add the Bengals in there now. That's my pick. I don't take it. I kind of want to steal your pick and throw it in there. Absolutely not. Uh, whatever. Of course, we will debrief these games on Monday, and we'll see who did the best, who won the most money, who lost the most money. And hopefully, wish us luck, hopefully neither of us lose money. But that's unlikely at the moment. Yep. All right. Good episode, Sammy. We will see you all next week. Yes. Bye, everybody.